here's the thing. I'm going to give okay. you an inside, behind-the-scenes look. I'm when you excited. text me and you tell me, hey, we've, you've, we've been doing everything wrong. Here's how to do things right. My initial thought and my only thought is to double down and to insist that we've done nothing wrong. <laughs> okay. But if that you were to sense. text me, if you were to text me and say, "Hey, what do you think about doing scripts?" I'd have been like, "Sure." <laughs> hey, Ethan, great. what do you think about doing scripts? I think that's actually a good idea. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch. It is your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. I've had a heck of a week. I, I, I heard. I saw you tweet something rather interesting. Well, I got to tell you, too, of what led up to that instance, right? Yeah, of course. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a, a wild ride because it's the first week of class here at Tulsa. And it has kind of resulted in me getting up at 6 every day and going to bed late. Not late. I'm trying to go to bed by 10 or 10.30. But I just yeah. am so exhausted every single day because I have to go out and meeting people. It really drains you. I had a two-hour conversation with this dude at a dinner this week, and I was I would quote quote like scripture in this conversation because he was trying to tell me that I was wrong. I'm like, that's fine, but like here's scripture saying that uh, is agreeing with what I'm saying. And then he was trying to make up stories about Jesus, and I'm like, you can't do that, sir. So I was just going. So wait, in this on- was like this was like a debate. It was kind of, it was just a friendly discussion, more of anything. Gotcha. Yeah, but it's doing things like that where it it takes a lot of my time and my energy, and it's just it's terrible. And so we we've had events every single day, right, leading up to this weekend, and this weekend's kind of the marquee sort of events, right? Tonight is supposed to be this big bonfire. Tomorrow night is uh is the event in question, right? Tomorrow night is the chicken party. Have you heard about the chicken party? I haven't heard about the chicken party. It's potentially the greatest piece of branding that I've ever come up with in my entire life. Oh, you came up with the chicken party? I came up. So last year it was a chicken party, but we just didn't call it that. We called it like Rain Cane Focus Hang or something silly. Like, oh yeah, that is. It was. Fun. It was. Yeah, it was not not great marketing. But we did purchase raising canes for people last year, and everyone's like, "Oh no way!" I loving love the chicken, cane. right? Everybody loved the chicken. They loved the bread. They loved the sauce. All that stuff. And we got a ton of chicken, and, and it was a hit. And this year, I'm like, what if we just didn't push the whole fact that we were missionaries and we just told everybody that we had chicken and everybody came over <laughs> to our house and cane. and ate chicken. And so we, we diversified. Instead of just getting Raising Cane's, we're getting Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, and Raising Cane's. Wow. And wow. I'll, I'll, let me tell you this. Okay, so we've been promoting it. And yesterday, I was wearing a chicken suit. And <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I was skateboarding around campus trying to get people to come to this party. <laughs> and my so somebody took a picture of me and i was holding an egg and i kept walking up to people and saying i'm trying to find the engineering building for my son can you point us in the right direction <laughs> and it was just a bunch of stupid dumb jokes that i was doing like that and people would walk behind me and they would hold the flyers to be like we're actually promoting a chicken party here's like the flyer for the chicken party that's so the, funny so you, flyer, you were walking around doing a bunch of goofs and i was doing a bunch of bunch like, of jokes serious i uh, probably about a hundred times i would walk up to somebody and say today's your clucky day and i would like shake their hand <laughs> It was so fun oh, just to that's so make a bunch fun. of jokes. And so but I got mad. There's a Chick-fil-A at the Union. So I was like, You're, oh, that's, that's so funny. That's my family. Those are my people. You know, it's just all this classic stuff. 
And oh man. So I go You're through living all your of dream this. of becoming Chicken Joe. I know. Well, this that's too. That was also was another one of a, a bit that I did. I'm gonna make a video and put it on Twitter. Anyway, I'm um, so excited. <laughs> I so they're handing out flyers, right? And somebody, my boss, had taken a picture of me with the egg and the flyer that has my address on it. We are handing yeah. out hundreds of these, right? Hundreds of flyers with my address on it. It's fine. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything of value in here. And she was airdropping it You're to valuable. everybody. Everybody that she walked by, she just had her phone open on airdrop and was just anybody who was available, she would airdrop this photo to. That's so funny. And so my face with my son and the address of where I live <laughs> have been airdropped to potentially hundreds of people. And then somebody sent me a screenshot of a group me that has, I think, five or 600 people in it. It's one of those big group me's that the fresh, like each class will start and be like, this is where you can find oh, like, the, yeah. free, the free food group me or whatever. And so somebody posted that in there and said, hey, are you guys all going to the chicken party? And so then we were advertising for the chicken party last night at the activities fair. I wasn't wearing the suit because <laughs> I had sweat through the suit earlier in the day. Um, this is a hot Oklahoma summer day. And so, yeah. And so we're promoting it. And I'm talking to this girl. She's like, oh, well, what do you got going on? And I hand her a flyer. And she asked her friend. She's like, hey, are you, do you want to come to this chicken party with me? And he goes, I'm already going. And, like, I, this is a guy that I don't recognize. This is not – we went from this party last year to being about 40 people to this year. It's become an event. And I'm I'm actually worried that my house is going to get overflowed with people. Yeah, I'm concerned I'm, that you're not going to have enough chicken. I'm Well, we doubled our order <laughs> just based on the response <laughs> that we've been getting. And so this all led up to last night we, invite, we had this sign that just said chicken party, and we were just kind of shoving it in people's faces and saying chicken party and – this girl was like, oh, no way. We were like, you should come. You should come. She goes, oh, great. Where is it? This is actually crazy. I was drawing chickens in class today, and now I'm meeting you guys. And I'm like, oh, that's a funny coincidence that you were drawing chickens in class today. She goes, oh, this kind of stuff happens to me all the time. I'm a witch. And I'm like, uh, uh. Like, I was like, are you joking? She's like, no. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And so this – here's the thing, right? Father Ketterer was right next to me. He's like, I'll bless your house beforehand. <laughs> you'll, you'll be okay. I'm not worried about a bunch of people coming over. I'm actually not even worried about any sort of de demonic infestation. What I'm worried about is that they're going to dirty up my bathroom. That's, that's, my, Wait, that's my fortress of solitude. All these people eating chicken, right, shoving it down their gullets and then going into my, my porcelain palace – and taking it <laughs> taking it to town that's what i'm worried about more than anything but yeah if you uh have a moment saturday night 6 to 8 p.m come on over to the chicken party everybody else is fly fly all the way to tulsa fly all the way to tulsa and head up head on over to the chicken party yeah you, you oh, won't be man. able to miss it it'll be the one with all the police sirens <laughs> shut this down Ethan puts on the chicken suit one last time and gobbles into the sunset sorry clucks today's clucks your lucky day sunset running from the police oh, in a chicken so suit good. stop that's that so poultry funny. stop that chicken. you can't clip my wings you pigs <laughs> oh man i that 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 has that's a little bit of a one-up on me i'm supposed to pick up like 60 chicken nuggets from oh, mcdonald's really? today for a party yeah wow that's not even that's not even on the same level yeah no not even close i think that's everybody impressive. everybody if you're listening to this and you went to patrick's lame lame party this evening <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding 
What's your party for? Uh, it's Phoebe's birthday. Yeah, so I mean that's kind of yeah important and exciting. Yeah, it's important. So don't don't Phoebe, don't uh, don't hey, dunk Phoebe, on our friends. What Phoebe? I know you're listening to this, right? She does not. <laughs> Phoebe, I know that you listen every week. I know you're engaged to this man, Patrick Nevy. But yeah, did you really go to his chicken nugget party instead of coming down to Tulsa, Oklahoma for the chicken party? <laughs> no respect. No respect. No respect. No respect. But but the um. I'm uninvited the, myself. The chicken today. party. The chicken party is why I'm dressed up. Not the chicken party. The chicken nugget party is why I'm dressed up in this, in this uh that you can see this outfit you can see right here. Yeah. That I just turned off because I forgot to turn off my camera. That's okay. But that's why I'm wearing suspenders and a skinny tie is because I'm going to this party. Patrick logged on onto the video chat, and the first question I asked him is, "Where's your Book of Mormon?" Because <laughs> no, the first like... question you asked me was, "Oh, you gonna go milk a cow?" And I was like, "Who on earth?" <laughs> I said, milks "Churn a butter cow in a I... tie." Oh, sorry, churn butter. Even better. Don't Who be on earth Amish. churns butter while wearing a tie, Ethan? I thought you were supposed to be from the farmland. Don't th- I am from the farmland, but don't the Amish wear ties and suspenders? They wear suspenders, but not when they work. Huh. Well, what do they wear so. when they work? Cassocks? <laughs> no, that's that's Father Anthony. Oh. Um, no, they wear suspenders and like pants and a shirt. That's they 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 wear suspenders purely for function. I'm wearing it purely for uh fashion. Mm. That's why I'm wearing suspenders. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, notwithstanding. This is purely a fashion statement. Great. Yeah, remember back in the day, Ethan? Remember remember how how fun it was when I logged on and was doing some wacky thing that you had I, to react to? So so remember uh no, I don't remember because that was Remember that one time you logged on and there was just a cat in the background of my dorm room and you were like, I'm not gonna comment on the cat. <laughs> you would always try to get me to laugh and it was never funny. <laughs> not not one time. This is why I'm saying we should do a video podcast instead of an audio so, podcast. Gosh, it'd be, I'm I'm tempted to move to Pittsburgh just to just to have the the opportunity to do an audio podcast. Listen, if and you to move to Pittsburgh, here's what we would do: fewer and fewer do. billable hours for you. Like I want you to you be would... working full time <laughs> on the podcast, part time as your actual job. We would have so we would, first of all we would start a YouTube channel. It would be awesome. Oh yeah, we would start the Crunch Tube, and it would. It would be hilarious. We would do so much together. We would sit in the sit in the same chair. We would alternate who's sitting on whose lap. And okay. We would <laughs> production budget very low. We can only very low. One and chair, we would one we would camera. we would do movie commentaries, and uh-huh. we would we would talk about Jake and Logan Paul just like uh-huh. every other YouTuber. Uh huh. And we would make so much money off of Patreon and AdSense. No, that's this is how we would be different from every other YouTuber. Is that we would lose money. <laughs> We would actually, we would, our entire YouTube channel would be every dollar we get, we donate $2. $2. <laughs> it's so something. we're actually, I, <laughs> I mean, let me, I'll tell you this, right? A lot of people are talking these days about business, right? About economy. Yeah. About, Everybody's talking about business. About the potential recession, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's mm-hmm. talking yeah. about what if we just got rid of all of our money? What if we just got rid of, what if, guys? What? think about it what if we all just withdraw all of the cash in our bank accounts and just dump it in the ocean yes they can't stop all of us right so (laughs) i think to celebrate the new joker movie coming out is that we put stack all of our money up pour some gasoline over it light it on fire and then yell my dogs are hungry and then (laughs) and then they have no potato (laughs) (laughs) what it's not from the film no Mm mm-hmm 
No, but did he say my dogs are hungry in the film? Yeah, he did. I haven't watched it. That's okay. The, the, you haven't seen The Dark Knight? Wait, what? I'm what referencing, referencing? The, the scene in The Dark Knight where the Joker lights all the the gang's money on fire, or the mob's money on fire. Oh, I don't and remember that. I thought a, you were just doing a Russian accent, and I no. was doing a potato joke. Okay. Well, the Russian. Why'd you do a Russian accent? Because that's because he's a Russian mobster. No, no, no. It doesn't. The Joker doesn't say it. There's somebody next to him who says, "My dogs are hungry." Like, okay, I need to rewatch the Dark. Yeah, Knight you then. really. Anyway, do. I think it's I a think great that film. I don't understand why the Joker gets more and more. We live in a society. Every time a movie comes out about, he's him. always been. We live in a society. No, he's just you been seen... normal chaotic evil. No, you ever seen the original? Not the original, but the uh, Jack Nicholson Joker. No. He was he was the he was a I think he was an incel. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I have no idea. It's been a while since I've seen that Batman movie. Oh my gosh. But I think that's part what of it. What do you what do you think? What do you think about this Joker movie? What do you think about it? I I saw the trailer for it and it kind of creeped me out. Um, yeah, I find it incredibly weird how we have to keep how like how hard yeah. we're leaning into the whole anti-hero thing. Mhm. Cuz like, at a certain point it. he no longer is a hero. He's just a bad, a guy, bad guy that you've made yeah. a movie about like yeah i don't know there's something to be said for giving depth to characters that haven't had depth before but there's also something to be said for pitting good against evil straight up yeah you know, like that's what makes certain movies and and stories so classic and timeless like say what you want about harry potter or star wars but the reason that they endure is because there's none of this anti-hero stuff like it's just there's there's good and there's evil and they fight against each other and good wins at, in the end. Yeah, and I think I think that's why the Marvel movies have been more successful than the DC cinematic universe. Because even when, I mean, so they they both did the superheroes versus superheroes thing, mm-hmm. um, at in the same year, yes. coincidentally. Yes. But I don't know, like it's it's funny because DC kind of seems to always do that. That's always their thing. It's like people are like. People are like dressing up as the Joker for Halloween because they're like super edgy middle schoolers, you know, um, or Dwight from The Office. And then, you know, I don't know. Nobody, nobody wants to be, nobody wants to be Superman because he's too impenetrable. He's too like, he's too good for people to for people to relate to. Yeah. But like those, because he doesn't have any depth. It's fair. But then, when a character when a character is like a generally good guy but has flaws, like Captain America or like Iron Man. People are like, oh, I can see myself in that character because I am fundamentally good, but and, I have my flaws. And well, I'll tell you this, right? This is why the saints are important. Yeah. Is because, like, Jesus, it, it, we can obviously see ourselves in Jesus, but um, how much more so can you see yourself in someone like St. Augustine, who was really, he was stealing peaches and sleeping around. And I'm like, yeah, wow. Yeah, Paris, but yeah. Did I say peaches? You did. Well, St. Augustine, Ag- that's like if St. Augustine was from Georgia. Bizarro version St. Augustine would steal peaches. <laughs> Bizarro universe. Ultimate ultimate universe St. Augustine. Um anyway, I did you what's what's been going on with you? What's happening with you? What's I feel like we talked about me and my chicken. Are you, and then we talked about movies for some reason. Yeah. Um Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm on? doing okay. I a lot of a lot of weird stuff happened at work today specifically. Like we have a big youth group kickoff yes. this weekend. 
and um, I'm trying to get an inflatable obstacle course so that Father Anthony and I can race on it. I told all of the incoming freshmen, I was like, look, you can come to youth group or you don't come to youth group. I don't care. We're going to have an inflatable obstacle course that I and Father Anthony are racing on, and that's why we bought it for the day. So we you actually guys can have come a youth if you just, want. The only reason a youth group exists is for you and Father Anthony to race on that inflatable once yes. a year. That's what I keep telling all of these kids. I'm like, look, I'm I don't not care here if you for come you. to youth group. I'm not here for you. This is a purely selfish endeavor. And I Because <laughs> I think I think some of my kids are under the impression that I desperately want them to come to youth group, which is not true. No. I, <laughs> the fewer people I you have care. come, the fewer chicken pieces you have to purchase. Exactly. See, the more the more I get to have. So like <laughs> This is my this, this is, is my this is my getting kids to youth group strategy is yeah. I make it absolutely plain how little I care if they come and then they're like I'll show you and then they come. Does that does that work? Yep. Okay. I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> That's a horrible approach to youth group, but I think I just think it's funny cuz I I I see all these other youth ministries doing like you if you come you get to have cash prizes or like if you bring a friend we'll give you twenty dollar gift card to Taco Bell which is like honestly kind of legit like I do that but it's still it always it always struck me as like gimmicky uh-huh. um it's it's not really an organic way to grow a community because <laughs> um, it's like bribing people to do yeah. what you want and so I'm trying to organically grow a community so the last thing I want is for a bunch of people to come all at once and nobody feels welcome and everybody leaves. Um, but that being said, I'm not opposed to having huge events where we kind of like throw the net out wide and yeah. draw people in and some people stay and some people go. That's fine by me. My, my old youth minister in high school used to give gifts away for like winning games and stuff at the beginning of youth group, but it would be stuff from his house that he didn't want anymore. <laughs> Like he gave away a a bunch of his old t-shirts and like books and toys and things that he just found. It's like, I don't, I don't want this. Socks. Socks. Yeah. Seriously. Just (laughs) random. It was honestly junk and he was giving it away and these people would be like, no way. I can't believe I won this. Like I was (laughs) 16. I saw right through that. Yeah. We, I remember the the last time, the last time I I did something like that. Oh, it was Michael nations, our boy from from the diocese of Kansas city, St. Joseph. He was, like, he was like, these are the prizes for the kids. If they win the game, I cleared out my office. Of this. And I'm like, nice. I get nice. that. Attaboy. Um, but also, I, uh, I'm, I don't know if I can talk about this, but I feel like there's no reason why I can't talk about it. Sure. Um, do you know, did I tell you about Ave Explores? No. No? Ave Maria Press is doing this thing called Ave Explores, and it's like they, they're, they're doing a, a series on something. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to kind of like follow a map and learn Spanish along the way. Yeah, exactly. And then and then you can find we a treasure and it's actually the city of gold. It's actually El Dorado. And then you meet the guys from the Disney movie, The Road to El Dorado. And they, uh, yeah. Reach into our backpack to get exactly what we need. <laughs> oh, you're doing a Door of the Explorer. Oh, it was a, it was a which is also Explorer, a movie yeah. that I, I thought that the Door of the Explorer movie was a joke. No, it's real. But it's real and it's there. They anyway, did make a college humor video, like a fake trailer for it, like 10 years ago. So yeah, and I saw it. I was like, "Oh no, guys, that's just the college humor trailer." You guys are, but it looks the same as it the really humor does. Trailer. Which is, I mean, it's almost as if. Never mind. I'm not going to go into it. It's almost Please. as if they they saw the college humor trailer and were like, "Guys, we're putting this." Well, in it's almost as if we both wait ten years. Both sets of people looked at the same cartoon that doesn't change its look or appearance in any way and said, "Oh, I'm going to base it off of that," and they got the same result. Like it's not that crazy. <laughs> Anyway. that's fair you're right yeah what, what um, tell me what else were you talking about sorry Obvious. oh yeah yeah so they asked me to write like a little a little 
it's like little blog posts and they asked me to write one for it and i was like cool, oh they I'm asked in. they asked you to write yeah that's yeah, yeah, yeah. okay this cool. is the part of the no, show this is yeah. my favorite segment no, called this, patrick flexes on ethan this is my favorite part of the show called why not me like what it's <laughs> my favorite this is my favorite segment of the show called what's what 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 don't i have to offer Ethan's like, I can write a whole, I can write a whole book on how to evangelize using chicken suits. I can write a whole book on all the different times that people will come to Patrick and ask him for stuff, but not me because he has a (laughs) quote unquote degree in theology, (laughs) which I think is garbage. I'm listen, I'm trying hard. Ethan, Ethan is working his butt off. And after, after, after two years of public ministry, and then he goes to the Augustine Institute, Ethan Stevie will also be asked to write a 600 word blog post. Um, it's not that big of a deal. I <laughs> I mean, it's cool and I'm really happy it's happening, but uh, it doesn't sound cool. Ethan, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. No, it's fine. But anyway, the reason why I brought it up was because I like got the assignment and then I put it down on my to-do list. Then the next day I did it. And like, I did my rough draft. I completed the rough draft. And then today I like edited the rough draft and tomorrow it's probably going to be like, or by next Monday, it's going to be already to be sent in. Wow. And I was thinking about this as I brushed my teeth this morning. I was like, hold on a second. I didn't procrastinate at all. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm proud of you. I started to think, I was like, most of the things that I've been trying to do this week, I don't procrastinate on. And I like write, I just write it down on a to-do list and I want to get it done. So I do it. Yeah. And I think I mostly just procrastinated in high school and in college. And I think in those times I've marked myself as a procrastinator. And I think I've just carried that mentality into the rest of my life and been like, I am a procrastinator and I just procrastinate because I've made that decision myself, you know, because I Mm -hmm. define myself as this thing. And I wonder how many other things there are in my life that I'm like, Oh no, I can't do that. I'm a procrastinator or or, I can't, I can't, um, I can't be patient. I'm too impatient or something like that. Like we, we, I think, I define myself as something unvirtuous and then I go forward and I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I don't have that virtue. And so I just live my life as if I don't have that virtue, even though I do. Do you ever find yourself doing stuff like that? You got to have a growth mindset and that's what I you have a growth that's mindset. What I, that's what I live by. Um, sometimes like I, not until this past year, I talked about it last year on the, on the podcast, but I was one of those guys. I was like, yeah, I don't really work out, you know? It's just because yeah. I didn't work out in high school or college. But then last year I was like, oh, I can work out. And there's actually people who yeah. are smaller than me who are working out. And it's not a problem, you know, because when you work out, you get bigger. You don't have to automatically be big or be in sports to work out. So I kind of discovered that a little bit last year of just starting to lift and get comfortable in sort of that world because I was never really comfortable in it until recently. Like now I can walk in and I even like yesterday I went and I worked out and I threw up and I wasn't even ashamed. I'm like, yeah, it means I'm working hard. <laughs> that that means you're doing something too much. I I did do something too much. I did too many uh what do you call it with the with my core. I did my core too hard. You did, oh, you did core. too many sit-ups. No, they weren't sit-ups. It's when your your oh, legs are called? strapped in and it's it's kind of like a sit-up, but you're in Is a machine. It a crunch? No, it was, I laid vertically. Oh, come on, but that's the brand. I came up, oh, sorry. Yeah, it was a crunch, (laughs) sorry. Attention, everybody, I did a crunch. Um, Yeah, it's easy to to lock ourselves into boxes and to think, oh, I'm this way or I'm that way. It's why it's so hard for people to change. 
That's why it's great yeah. that we have college as an opportunity to set habits that'll exist for the rest of our lives. And even if we don't have good habits in college, like you, we can change those habits anytime. Even if you're yeah. 45, you can still change your habits. Just harder. Yeah, people people so lock long. themselves in, especially when they get older. Because they're like, oh well, I've just been this way forever. So Anything can change. change. Anything can change. Yeah. That's what I that's what I try to you get people change. to understand. It's like, <laughs> oh, I've been in this major for three years. Well, you can change. You don't have to. You know what I mean? You can. I've been in yeah. this career for ten. Doctor Seuss wrote his first children's book at the age of fifty-three, ish, <laughs> somewhere around there. But. St. Augustine, whose feast day we celebrated a couple of days ago, became a Catholic at the age of 40. And yeah. that was pretty close to dead back then. Right. Like, there's <laughs> plenty of examples of people. Abraham Lincoln. Became president. <laughs> he be, Yeah. He crossed the Delaware at the age of 93. Did you <laughs> Abra- know that? Abraham Lincoln said, in less than 10 years, we will put man on the moon. <laughs> Did you know that Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy and Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln? Did you know that Kennedy got assassinated in a Lincoln, which is made by Ford, and Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in the Ford Theater? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is this is like eighth grade level history posting right now. <laughs> this is everybody knows this stuff. Pat, don't act like it's this new. is this is like this is when someone posts a meme about like did you know there's a star that's like three times the size of the sun? And someone's like, I effing love science. Yeah. What is <laughs> that's the not most science? That's what just is, numbers. What is Reddit? What is the craziest fact, you know, first about science? First post is like, Al- without algae, the world would collapse. It's like, oh, wow. Collapse to you, dude. Wow, dude. That's incredible. Did you know the world is collapsing because of algae? No, the <gasps> ecosystems are being destroyed because of too much algae. Yeah, but you didn't know that. You're you're the guy um, that that is the second post to the top comment. <laughs> you're the actually comma guy. I'm the actually guy. I I try my best to never say the word actually in real life. You know what? All this talk what? of uh, all this talk of history and things in the past. Social media posting. Social media posting are making me think of uh, making me think of something, Pat. Let's let's uh you know what I think we should ho- we should hop in our time machine and head on back to what we used to look like when we posted on on social media when we were little boys back in the day. Let's take a dive into the hot take time machine. Hot take time machine. Welcome to the hot take time machine. Welcome to the hot take. You got to stop making the noises so I can introduce the segment. <laughs> hot take time machine. I love the bump. Welcome to hot take time machine. Hot do take time machine is like a segment where we take. I made? I'm trying to do the intro. You. <laughs> I'm sorry. I liked what you did. Yes, but I'm trying to move on. <laughs> I hate this. I want to stop the podcast. I want to do. I want to go. All right. Mom, can you come pick me up? <laughs> go ahead. Go on. Go on. Hot Take Time Machine is a segment where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting. If you have a hot take, you can DM it to us at the Crunchcast on Twitter or on Instagram, or you can email us, Patrick at the Crunchcast.com or Ethan at the Crunchcast.com. Ethan, what is your hot take? I just want to add an addendum. They have to be older than five years. Like it has to be. Oh, at yeah. Least, they can't be recent. They cannot yeah, be recent. This is... this is hot takes from the past only. Um, 
my my first one that I have to share here today is I am I'm pulling it up right now. Click enter sking. October 26th, 2011. <clears throat> you ready? Oh, gosh. Yes. It's like it's really it's terrifying actually posting your cringe out for the world to see. <laughs> Ethan, you posted cringe. I posted now cringe. Now you're going to lose subscriber. I know, everyone's going to hear. Okay. <clears throat> Getting stared at by a car full of populars because your radical dance moves is always satisfying. Six <laughs> likes, one comment. What was the comment? You should join our dance crew. <laughs> <laughs> Who were the populars in your school? It was, so I had a complex when I was a yeah, kid. Did like, you? I did. I was really, it was basically the people who had like a group of friends and were, I guess, looking back, it's so strange to think now because I don't, like, nobody's more popular than anybody else because we're adults and we don't talk like that anymore. Um, yeah. But I guess back in the day, it was really just the kids who, like, always had the newest stuff, you know? It was probably, uh, probably so they were on social media. They were able to reference things. Mm -hmm. Their parents didn't really care what kind of media they consumed, so they always were on the up and up about everything. Um, and like my parents definitely cared about the media that we consumed and didn't just give us new stuff all the time. Um, not to say that that's better or worse. It's just different. Right. And so, I mean, I thought it was better, but I'm not here to comment on parenting styles. <laughs> um, and so for all these other people, I just had this resentment towards them because they were all laughing at each other's jokes. And then when I would make jokes, the, that group of people just wouldn't think it was funny because they would be referencing Superbad instead. And I was like, well, I've never seen Superbad, but it's probably a stupid movie. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. And so I would get in my own head. But at least I had radical dance moves, huh? <laughs> and so you're posting on the internet so that everyone else knows that you don't care about being popular. Exactly, oh, right? so funny. It's so sad. But that was how it's I was. It's so funny from like the words seventh... the populars. Yeah, I really did. That's definitely something you would see in like a Disney Channel movie where yes. like adults think that kids actually act like that. Did, were there, there weren't actually a group of popular people in my high school. Really? Yeah, I like it wasn't like there wasn't like a cast system like you see in high school movies. There was I, no like, oh. We had a cast system. Did you? Where it was like everybody knew the pecking order, and if you were like in this group, you were in, you know? Or maybe it just was – it was a caste system that I that I molded to fit how I saw things, and so it perfectly matched what I believed, which is right. I think that's convenient. how everybody works. Don't you yeah. believe – don't you think? Uh, I don't really think there's a social order that's like objective – well, no, there is, but it's like – There is. It's, I don't, if you're I don't, attractive, you win. Everybody, everybody, I think everybody in my high school thought that their group was the most, was the coolest, the hippest, yeah. the most unique. Maybe that was just because I was in the theater group and like, <laughs> yeah, I hung out with theater kids a lot and theater kids all think they're incredibly unique and special because they know all of the words to every song in Wicked and no one else knows uh, what Wicked is. See, but that was me, but for Weird Al songs. <laughs> I memorized a my ton taste in of music is so edgy. Yeah, I thought it was. I don't freaking... listen. Oh gosh, I don't listen to. I'm not like most girls. Okay, I'm not like most kids my age. I listen to Led Zeppelin. Just regardless who you are, <laughs> and you see this come out in people who are our age now, who are trying yeah. to desperately differentiate themselves from everybody else. 
and but they end you're up, already so different from everyone else right, but everybody ends up doing it. the same thing i can't tell you how many times i saw somebody post starting the first day of 17th grade today like somebody in grad school and it was with one of those boards that you get at target that has the plastic white letters on it yeah it's funny like it's i guess it's funny but i saw about a hundred people do it and i'm like <laughs> You you think you're quirky because you're pretending like you're still in elementary school, and I guess that's the joke. But but everybody's doing that joke. I've seen parents do that with their kids. Sure, that's funny. Sure, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just everyone's Listen, constantly I, desiring I still, to be. I still send known and loved. I, up until the last day of my of my high school career or college career. I sent pictures of myself on the first day of school to my mom. Okay. Really? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. Oh yeah, of course. You can do anything. But just to my mom. You can do anything for your mom, and it is not cringe. I'm just yep, gonna put that out there. That is, that is the that that's is the, the that rule. is the opinion of this. Moms podcast. are protected. Um, moms are protected under the cringe law. It's of different. It's different though if you post it for everybody. Yeah. It's like fair. you can send that's something to your different. mom, golden. But when you post that puppy on Facebook, who oh boy? Who oh boy? Well, anything posted on Facebook is cringe. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Yeah. Um, March 14th, 2011. Battle Los Angeles was epic to the full extent of the word. Oh, gosh. No likes, no comments. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I was... I cannot describe to you how excited I was to see Battle Los Angeles when it came out. I don't remember that movie. Nobody does because it was it was the worst. I There were a couple movies like that that I was really really excited for when I was in this age range. I was 14 Yeah, cuz they were 13, big explosions. 15. They were that, but I thought that they were genuinely the best action movies of all time. Battle Los Angeles was one of them because just the idea of like Los Angeles now I know is just really not that interesting of a city like geographically, you know, yeah, it's really not. It's there's not a lot going on to it. Not a lot of landmarks where you can look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that's L.A. Oh, that's Los Angeles. You know, yeah. um, New York would have been a much more interesting sort of city or any other city, really. Battle Cincinnati, Battle Battle Toledo, Battle <laughs> um, Battle Melbourne, Florida, Battle Dodge City. Like all these things would have been great replacements. <laughs> Can you imagine Battle Los Angeles if it was in Dodge City, Kansas? Oh That'd my so god! Imagine any of these apocalyptic movies, like the Alien. Like imagine if a kaiju just manifested itself in the Ohio River outside of Pittsburgh. That'd be so funny. Well, Pittsburgh's <laughs> actually like a. I mean, it, Pittsburgh gets plenty of respect, I feel like, in the post-apocalyptic uh, genre. Does it? I'm only thinking of The Last of Us on – it was a game on the PlayStation 3. Oh, like, I don't remember. You walked I don't, Pittsburgh. I don't – Anyway. I definitely didn't play the so game. So some of the other movies in this genre of film that I was really excited about were The A-Team, 
the one that was starring mm. Liam Neeson, Bradley Cooper, um, and the other two guys. <laughs> the other two members of the I A-team. watched the trailer for that on my iTouch over and over <laughs> again. I was very excited about it. Then the other one was Cowboys vs. Aliens, starring Harrison Ford and Daniel Craig. <laughs> these these were the and the that and battle los angeles that was the trinity of films that i thought were the peak of cinema when i was 13 oh my gosh. 14 years old i was really into like like farcical comedies like i, epic, I watched epic there, movie? There, uh oh epic movie yeah 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 like that yeah epic movie and like scary movie uh-huh. and i never saw epic movie but that was the one that was like first on my radar uh-huh but I went to go see Vampires Suck. Yeah. It was the same like it was the same group of group of people that, that like made those movies. And I remember in um in the theaters, I remember I yelled out a line. It was it was like the first time it was like the first weekend, and so I yelled out a line and then the character on screen said it, and I remember the entire theater laughed. Uh uh-huh. and that was it that was just a that was just a huge That was your first stand up moment. Show. That was my first stand-up show when I was funnier than the movie. And telling that, tell I told that story to someone the other day. It was like, oh yeah, did they start clapping too? And I was like, yes, they did. And then, they, and then Albert Einstein gave me a hundred dollars. Um, and that hundred dollars was John Lennon. <laughs> but yeah, so those those are the movies that I was into. Also, like Late Night with Tina Fey and Steve Carell. Right. That was a good movie. Um, yeah, th- those were the movies that me and my edgy middle school friends went to go see. We didn't go for comedies. Like we were not a big like we wouldn't we weren't going to see comedies very often when i was a when i was a young no. lad we would always go for the big big action blockbuster kind of films yeah uh but kind of reminiscing it's good it's good to remember the the old times with old friends you know but in a way yeah, it, it, i would say it makes me it's a little sad it makes me kind of sad i know we've been we've been having a great time you ready to have a worse time i'm so ready <laughs> let's talk about some tweets that made us sad We here at The Crunch believe that the internet is too positive, and Tweets That Made Me Sad is a segment where we talk about tweets that make us sad on the internet. If you would like us to talk about a tweet that made you sad, maybe it'll make us sad too. So DM it to us at thecrunchcast.com, or sorry, DM us at thecrunchcast on Twitter or Instagram, or email us, patrick at thecrunchcast.com, or ethan at thecrunchcast.com. So many ways. what tweet made... There's so many ways to contact us. If you don't know how, it's not your fault. It's not our fault. It's yours. Uh, Ethan, is there a tweet that made you sad? Yeah. Can I start with the one that we both talk about? The, the um, yeah, or, we can talk about that one. I think one. we should I'm talk so about that one first just to get it over okay. with. Um, so this is from uh, – the tweet is deleted, isn't it? I can't find it. Yeah, the tweet – but I have, I have a screenshot okay. of it. Pat, you have a screenshot. It's from, it's, it's from uh, this guy named Patrick Coffin. So Patrick Coffin, for those of you who don't know, is a media personality who does uh, a certain radio station. I actually don't know if he does Catholic radio, like the actual station, right. but I know he used to work for EWTN or Catholic Answers. I'm not sure. Yes. He no longer does, which might tell you something. Um, but yeah, so he, if you guys remember our episode a couple of days ago, he kind of falls into this same camp of like super trad, on, very online um 40 year old white dudes uh, not to say that we should judge by appearances but he is wearing a fedora in his 
Twitter. <laughs> He's wearing a fedora. And he has one of those Actually, Twitter I take it back. You are allowed to judge someone by appearances if they're wearing a fedora. I really think that you especially, can... Especially, especially, especially if they love that fedora so much, they made it their Twitter profile picture. Yes. I think, yeah, I think that I think it you're, is you're so... you're given one free pass. It is... He has one of those Twitter profile pictures where, like, people will take it and then reply to a tweet as, like, an own, and it just works. Yeah. It's just... Oh, man. Okay. So, anyway, why are we why are we roasting this sweet old man? Yeah. This sweet, sweet old elderly well, man. because he's not sweet. Um, but he is elderly. So, uh, <laughs> he tweeted a couple of... He, got, he tweeted yesterday, hashtag Sasha Obama, which is a very necessary hashtag because, you know, people are just looking Sasha Obama up on the hashtag. Uh, no one wants to admit this girl resembles neither of her parents, which I don't know what he was doing when What's he? he decided to tweet this. What? I don't want to know what the is... background of like why he was sitting here thinking about this or why he's under the impression that no, that everyone knows this, but no one's talking about it. Right. Yeah. It's one of he's like, he, I can totally picture him being like, oh, I'm, I'm really gonna, I'm going to be a leader in this movement. Like, I'm gonna blast the Obama blast, family. Yes, what? exactly. Why? It's like Why? it's like he's sitting on you know leaks of of information that leads to very sensitive. He's, he calls somebody up. I, I got the details. What do you have the details, the details on? on? Just just stay tuned to my Twitter. 3 p.m. Wednesday, you'll see. He tells not all these only, all these only... media people, and this is this is what he comes out with, is that he can't. He he thinks that she looks different. That which is like. I don't know, man. Maybe don't flame the daughter. Is she under 18? I don't know if she's a kid. She's about still. to go she's to college. Young. She's 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. So don't flame the high school daughter of a former president. Like, who cares? That's, like, not – and anyway, it's just it's very uncharitable. And he, he does this sort of thing just to get a rise out of people, which yeah. obviously it works. Yeah. But to me, there's so much nuance. There's so much nuance in this tweet. Because it shows that he believes that people actually see this but don't talk about it because they're covering up for something. But, like, at worst, they're covering up for, like, a surrogate parent or, like, an adoption. Which neither of those – like, IVF is not the best thing in the world, to say the least. But it's not a reason to, like, flame the president publicly. And anyway, so obviously a bunch of people on Twitter started dunking on him, which is justified. (laughs) I, I looked him up on on um on his on his website. Oh, he's got a oh my gosh, he has another website I didn't even see. He calls himself a culturepreneur. Yeah, what which is I hate. what is a culturepreneur? I don't know. I I looked up Coffin Nation. That's his that's his website. All right, listen. The Coffin Nation. That's it. That's no. We're can't. Well, how do we not report this dude as soon as he made a website that was his last name followed by the word nation? Like that, Ethan. Once the you logo do that, it of is, his website, Ethan. I will give you twenty dollars if you can guess what the logo on his website is. Uh, is it a fedora? It is a fedora. Oh! I owe you twenty dollars, <laughs> and it has an established. Oh my gosh! Let me see if I can. I can. It has an established. Oh my gosh! Coffin Nation established three thousand and eighteen. You're kidding. That's so funny. I don't know if that's a typo typo of where he's dunking on he, the black eyed peas. I like heart. that boom boom pow. <laughs> this, this coffin's jacking my style. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so people flamed him on Twitter and then he decided instead of instead of just deleting his tweet and taking the L, 
he decided to do a three-part not threaded tweet just he just posted them um he's mad because people are accusing him of calumny which i actually i think it just means libel or something like that um it was a casual observation with zero judgment attached no accusation or anything like that of course not because he didn't actually accuse anyone of anything but there was there was obviously it was obviously not a casual observation because he posted it on Twitter. That's not casual, especially when you have eighteen thousand followers and you're a so-called culturepreneur and author, and that's not casual. That's ridiculous. I don't know. That made me sad. Yeah, I can tell. You really dominated that that conversation. Well, it was my only it was my only tweet. That's you have true. one too. I do have one. <laughs> Did you, you have any other thoughts on our boy Patrick Coffin? I think. Uh, he Pat tricked himself into stepping into the coffin of his career, baby. More like Patrick canceled. <laughs> More like coughing up a lung from how bad that from it gave me asbestos poisoning. This tweet it, it was so bad. It was oh my god. Uh, hold on, uh, Patrick Coffin. More like okay. So the tweet that I brought to the table today was yeah. uh. I actually like can't find the original tweet. Gosh darn it. This is like, this is terrible, but it was a conversation ongoing. So I feel like it's okay to sort of talk about it, but it was this, the CNN reporter who clearly searched his own name on Twitter. Because <laughs> I love that. Somebody, somebody had tweeted with like very few followers. The original tweet got maybe seven likes, you know, it wasn't anything big. Um, but he had, it was, he made a joke calling the CNN reporter a bed bug. Um, New York Times. New York, New York Times. Times. Sorry, I apologize. New York Times. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the CNN reporter was the guy that got mad because somebody called him Fredo. That's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's a different situation. Um, the New York Times columnist, and he apparently searched. The only way he could have found it was by searching his own name because it was it wasn't tagged or anything. And he saw that this dude called him a bedbug, and he wrote. He didn't write this guy directly. He wrote this guy's boss and oh, said, yeah. "Oh my!" And gosh. said, "Hey, if you're gonna call me a bed bug, why don't you come over to my house and eat dinner with my family, and then decide for yourself whether or not I'm a bed bug?" I found the tweets. If that helps, yeah. I don't think I'm, so. Someone, I don't think I'm missing anything. Someone tweeted. Someone tweeted breaking. There are bed bugs in the New York Times newsroom, and I think it was someone from the New York Times. And then someone retweeted it and said, "The bed bugs are a metaphor. The bed bugs are Brett Stevens, which is who is a reporter, right? It's the New York Times. And this guy who tweeted this is a is a um." is a uh what's it called he's a professor and so brett stevens reported or reported this to his boss his university provost apparently and that's such a funny way to try and get revenge have you what's the farthest you've ever gone to defend your name um has it has anybody ever flamed you that hard that you've had to search your own name and then write their boss i hope not no no i've never been flamed that hard before but one time the most effort someone's ever gone to flame me was they this was back when i was anonymous still no it wasn't i don't think i had my full name on twitter yet but someone found me on facebook and on twitter posted all of my profile pictures in a row Mm -hmm. and i don't know i do remember that oh oh yeah, and one of them was that really goofy picture of me from middle school that I love so dearly. 
And but it was one of my profile pictures, so I don't know if he was trying to like own me with an embarrassing picture uh, because yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. I posted it. So like it was kind of a weird cuz my my the only thing that wasn't that the only thing that was public on my profile was my profile pictures. So the only way the only thing he could get was my um the only thing he could get were my profile pictures. And so I guess that's the way he decided to flame me, but it wasn't it was a lot of effort, I'm sure, but it certainly did not have any effect. Much like this, he decided to email the guy. If I got if I got that email, I was I'd be like, "That's actually kind of a good burn." Um, who cares? Yeah, maybe like I am a. But could you imagine trying to get someone fired, like ruin their life for no, calling for a for pithy calling joke me a like that? No, not at all. It, especially, it kind of like rhymes with his name, like Bedbug Brett. You know, like it's kind of in the same sort of alliterative sense. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm sad. It makes me sad for the guy. It makes me sad for the situation. It makes me sad for his kids, you know? Like, yeah, what, what mean, is he going to do? If his kids go to school the next day and one of the kids in the school says, hey, my dad could beat up your dad, is he going to swing through the window and be like, nope, you're wrong. Come over to my house. Meet my wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> Meet my wife. What's he going to do? This is, I... I what would you do? What would, his, his challenge was, I want you to come over to my house and call me a bed bug to my face. Yeah. I think after having dinner with my wife and my children, I think here's the thing. No, your dad, only your reason... dad doesn't work for Nintendo. My dad works for Nintendo and his dad quits <laughs> his job at the New York times and joins Nintendo just to avoid being owned by a six year old. Like what's going on? I'm, I don't know what the limits of this. Why don't, what's he capable of? He could do anything. If I made a joke online. Yes. About someone. Yes. And they invited me over to their house and say I accepted. And then I sat down with their wife and children and had a lovely dinner. The only reason why I wouldn't bring that insult up again is because I already said it. And it was already funny. And you were so hospitable. And I'm not just going to be rude. But that's different. You know, it's like it's like obviously no one in their right mind would make that insult in public or in person if after being shown hospitality. Would I make that insult in in person without being shown hospitality? Absolutely, I would. That's really funny. Um, I thought it was a really funny, goofy joke, and I I feel like I feel like if I had seen that post, my first reaction would be, "Ah, I was the first one who popped into his head. That means so much." Somebody <laughs> you know? somebody has read my writing enough to know that it's not good, and then proceeded to call me a bedbug. That's that's a win. That's crazy. That's a win. That's a success. That's a win. In anytime, my book. anytime anybody dunks on our podcast, right? Anytime anybody says, "Hey, the crunch is bad. Ethan's tweets are bad. Catholic Twitter's bad. Whatever," right? I cherish. You're the worst podcast I've ever listened to. Yes, ah, I cherish. But you have. I cherish to these moments <laughs> because, first of all, it means that you wasted some of your time listening to something that you don't like. <laughs> second of all, <laughs> second of all just means that we're saying things that are controversial enough to get people mad and so yep that's that's what i'm here for is to cause content to create create and if for instance a couple of a couple of days ago someone made the joke that all catholic podcasts are the same yeah and they in order to make that joke they said oh i'm starting a new podcast it's called clerically crunching foxes speaking and i was like hey we made the list we did make the list (laughs) but little do they know that they caught us right on the cusp of a rebrand where the podcast Sucks will inevitably be worse for three months until we figure out how to actually do these segments. Don't we you look do. like an idiot? Our podcast actually it, sucks. Our pod- <laughs> owning people, we're doing the, we're doing Brett, we're doing Brett's bit. Instead of, <laughs> instead of going and correcting, we're just going to say, hey, actually, you know what? 
we are bed You're bugs, right. and we're gonna be. We I'm are, gonna lean right into it. Yeah, <laughs> lean into the skid. Oh man, nobody can dunk you for That's having good. content if it's all bad, because then they just look they just look mean. Galaxy brain. Oh, that's fair. Make your yeah, make you your content bad so that nobody can dunk on you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. All right. Are you gonna make a bumper for Patrick Professor Patrick's book corner? I don't have time. <laughs> I made I made so many bumpers last week. I do not have time to make another one. But oh man, we can. Uh, we'll steal the presbyteral exhortations. Uh, bumper <laughs> <laughs> and now it is time for pat professor patrick's book corner um so ethan had this idea for me to talk about a book that i like for like five seconds on the podcast and um i realized this and i was like oh crap i have to find a book and so i just pulled a quick and easy read off of my shelf my vast shelf that sits next to me in my office uh it's a book called me myself and bob a true story about dreams god and talking vegetables um, this is the the uh, memoir. Uh, it's it's an autobiography. I love autobiographies. Is Phil Vischer dead? My... No. Oh, okay. You can't write a memoir if you're dead. A memoir isn't about someone who's dead. I thought it was maybe a posthumous memoir. No, no, no. A posthumous memoir. I I mean, you could write it and then die, but it you wouldn't. Can't... It wouldn't. So he's he's. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. So, um, it's a, it's a book that I had to read for class once. It was like this, we, they had this like media management class and this book is all about how Phil Vischer had this idea, um, for, he just wanted to like, he wanted to make a, uh, a children's television show that was completely computer animated. And back then that was not a thing. Boom. Uh, VeggieTales, I believe from this book, VeggieTales was actually the first fully computer animated television show really yeah so it's actually it's actually a really big deal in terms of like media technology he did something that really no one else was doing at that time and he did it for and the, the reason why he he did it and, but and then he also did it for the lord um <laughs> the reason why he chose vegetables was because back then computer animation was so limited you actually couldn't really mimic the movements of a human being which is why pixar made the movie toy story when it did so um, he was originally going to make his characters candy bars because they had the same shape as vegetables and all that stuff. They're easier to animate. But his wife was like, you know, if you make those kids fall in love with candy bars, parents are going to hate you. Right. And so that's why he made them vegetables. Wow. Um, yeah. And so this this story is about how he succeeded and did something that no one else was doing and then in, and then failed, like just incredibly failed. His business went bankrupt. He lost everything. Um, not everything, but he lost like all of the creative rights to his shows after the movie Jonah came out. Mm. Uh, that was it. That was the last thing that they did. And then it was bought by TBN and then Trinity Broadcasting Network and then Netflix. And now it's back on another. He's, he's making a comeback. But the best thing was, was that he was always with the characters because him and his friend were the voice of Bob and Larry. And so he never lost his his job, but he led a bunch of other people into that. Uh, and so the, the, it's a really great story of like how to, how to manage yourself better. Um, you learn a lot of lessons through Phil and you also, you also, uh, have some laughs along the way. Um, also the best part about this book, I think is the picture on the back has Phil Vischer standing next to Bob and Bob is, uh, from his feet right up to his knees. And so it is now canon 
that the VeggieTales characters are giant vegetables that are about the size of your calf. Wow. Yeah. So that just remember that the next time you watch VeggieTales, it'll strike terror into your heart. But yeah, I want to have Phil on the podcast. I think it'd be a really good that'd be, podcast. That'd be wild to talk to the the man who inspired so many people who are both. It's I would be interested in asking him because there's so many people who watch VeggieTales growing up who are were no longer Christian or no longer practicing. And but they all know. But everybody kind of is familiar with the with the characters and the stories. Right. And that's how they learn some of the basic Bible stories. Oh! Sorry, my I'm so into talking about <laughs> Phil Vischer that my microphone just fell off of my my table here. Let's let's get that get that sock back on my pop filter. Um, it'd be interesting to hear his perspective on yeah what he thinks of that. You know, is that good? Is that bad? Is there anything he would have done differently? I think there's a lot of good questions you could ask somebody like that. But I mean, I thought yeah, I thought VeggieTales was the was the bomb diggity back in the day, especially the oh, it's so funny. Gosh, it's such a good, so high quality. Everybody knows. You ever seen the VeggieTales facts uh, Twitter account? <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so <laughs> crude and bad, but it's so funny. Like, ugh. I guess I guess I only see the not crude. Ones I see the. Like I the sometimes I scroll Catholic through, Twitter. and there are some really really crude ones, but really crude. I ones, think it's yeah. hilarious that VeggieTales memes exist. Um, because there are genuinely funny moments in the show and taking the things that aren't funny and applying them to taking things that are not clearly not veggie tales or for children and applying them to veggie tales is, is very funny to me. Like I just, it's very funny. I, I love it. Um, but yeah, this book also talks about why veggie tales was such a hit. You kind of understand why veggie tales was such a hit is because first of all, it was, it was innovative. It did something no one else was doing. Um, but also because they treated it like a normal television show. They didn't treat it like, oh, it, they never, he's like, I never once said, oh, this is just for kids. No. I don't need to worry about it a lot. Um, when they were writing the silly songs with Larry, it wasn't, it was never like, oh, let's just write a kid song. It was, I want to write a good tango song. And there you have the dance of the cucumber, my favorite VeggieTales silly song with Larry. Um, it's, it, <laughs> have you ever seen that one? Like a lion chasing a mouse <laughs> pobre tomate <laughs> look at poor tomato he cannot dance <laughs> oh see that's just, that's just what really about funny. uncle like, louis poker party didn't you see me dancing at uncle louis <laughs> poker party no comprende that's just classic no it's classic dog. we no comprende we are all bob i'll show you no comprende. bob bob is potentially the most relatable character I think in the history oh, of, so of television good. and cinema, like he's, he's, he's earnest. He's honest. He, he knows what he wants, but he keeps getting his, his thoughts and plans foiled by this, this rascally cucumber <laughs> and a computer that seems to have it out for him. And if that's, we if are that Bob and Larry, I took a DNA, DNA test and Bob, the tomato was 100% me, baby. It's <laughs> a new, I'm not Larry. New hit song. I'm just saying that right now. You're Larry. <laughs> you're right um i think everybody has a little bit of bob and a little bit of larry in them particularly if you've just eaten a salad so that's all for patrick's book corner uh thank you for joining us did you like my salad joke i didn't get a reaction i didn't i wasn't listening i said everybody has a little bit of bob and a little bit of larry in them especially if you've just eaten a salad oh that's (laughs) that gives you a light chuckle there it's a light chuckle okay and now I said the joke twice. Hey, Ethan, I actually have really good news for you. Tell me. 
So our campaign yes. has grown. We've got I not think, only nationally, internationally, but internationally. Really? How do people sign yeah, American change positions from outside of America? Did you did you did you get uh, did you get the email? Uh, let me look. Prince William and Prince Harry have signed on to hashtag Verify Twenty Twenty. You're kidding! Isn't that incredible. You're kidding. No, I'm not. They're gonna they're gonna take they're gonna they're even supporting our movement by giving the 100th person to sign our petition a lifetime supply of tea and crumpets. Wow. Isn't that incredible? The, uh, I hope it's English breakfast tea. And they also said that if we are verified by 2020, they will reunite the Church of England with the Catholic Church. We heard. <laughs> Who <Ooh>, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually had a celebrity if oh, you wanted man. me to do that instead. <laughs> Patrick, I got, I got an email from change.org. Yeah. Do you know who? We got a new, a new, a, uh, a new celebrity supporter for our verification 2020 campaign. Do you know who it is? Yeah, who's that? Jer- no, I don't. Jeremy Renner. <laughs> he's taking Hawkeye himself. He's taking all of the proceeds from the Jeremy Renner app and putting them towards our verification 2020. There's campaign. a Jeremy Renner app. Have you not heard about the Jeremy Renner app? I have not. It is it is insane. It is literally an app just made by Jeremy Renner for Jeremy Renner fans. And they get on and they say, like, hey Jeremy Renner, I want you to like marry my wife. Like weird stuff. And he has to constantly sort of like navigate the the insanity of the internet while also maintaining this public persona of what's up? I'm cool dad Jeremy Renner. I have a rock band, and I was in the most successful film franchise of all time. And it's that's weird. It's honestly comedy. You need to k- get into the Jeremy Renner app because he's a supporter wow. now, and boys support boys. So we got to make sure that Jeremy Renner stays healthy and happy. <laughs> Well, thank you, Jeremy Renner, for helping support hashtag verify. Thank you, Jeremy Renner. Thank you. Join the movement by going to our change.org petition. Link in description below. This is not a joke. And if you say it's a joke, you're kicked off the podcast. We've got princes and we've got uh, Jeremy Renner. And that's all that we can ask for on this this episode of the podcast. Patrick, I just want to say thank you for adapting. your whole life around my schedule so that we can do this podcast really means a lot. I want to be verified with you. I want to, I want to have that check mark. I want us both to be, I want us to be checked by your wedding so that we can, we can have a Twitter verified wedding, not you and me together, but like, do, no, no, you, no, 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 you know but we'll I mean. be verified at, at the, the wedding. wedding. So that when people go to follow us after the wedding, they're like, wow, these two are verified. <laughs> um, I uh, I really appreciate everybody coming out this weekend to to catch us live um, here on the show here on the pre-recorded live show that we just did. Um, you can you can find us <laughs> on Twitter at Propostler at Catholic Pat on Instagram at the Crunchcast. Uh, you can email us for the monthly mailbag Ethan at the Crunchcast.com or Patrick at the Crunchcast.com. Post on our Facebook page. Post in our Patreon page if you would like to join us and support us on Patreon.com/slash/TheCrunch. But other than that, all we- oh yeah, wait, I he you kind of glossed over this, but I do want to mention the crunch is active on Instagram now. It was once it was once a, a mythical legend, only only found in the hearts and minds of children around the world. But now we are on Instagram at thecrunchcast.com. So yeah, go follow us or at thecrunchcast. I keep saying dot com. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Remember, everyone, I was funny eight years ago. 
I am funny now, and I will always be funny. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. Thank you.